A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hi, I'm Dave Hasty. You there? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Dave Hasty. I'm Josh Betteridge. And I'm George Ashwell. And we are Before the Lights. Before the Lights. Before the lights. We run a gym in central London where we train actors for film roles. Everything from superhero workouts. Is trying to work out with Hugh Jackman just ridiculously intimidating? Yeah. I was like, oh, I lifted a 160 deadlift or something the other day. And he was like, oh, mate, that's really good. Well done. Why do you talk in pounds or kilograms? <laughs> <laughs> to keeping people ticking over mentally and physically between jobs. When I'm working as an actor, you're like, oh my gosh, I never knew that life could be this amazing. When you're not working, that can then feel like... I remember all of those older actors who were very sad whenever they weren't working. And I'm like, now I I get it. Our day-to-day is in the gym, but this is absolutely not a podcast about how to work out or get ripped. You might get the odd tip every now and again, because that is how we earn our living. But the main reason we're here is just to chat to our clients about their careers and their relationship with fitness. This is where I start to sound kind of like one of those one of those actors who's going to talk about his process. <laughs> um, like, you got to look after your instrument, man. Expect everything that goes on behind the scenes, when they're on sets, on stage, or embarrassing themselves during a workout. It's me running, and you just see, like, my hands. <laughs> I keep on going. So you just see me kind of, you like, limping out of shot. I was first up for the relay team, and I didn't have any spikes. We set off a face-planted uh. on the ta- tarmac, and I just heard Scott Dawson, who I fancied so much, go, Liv, your ass is munching on your shorts! Like that. You're listening to the Before the Lights podcast. So this week we've got Julie Harkin on the episode. You may or may not know Julie. She is a award-winning casting director. And basically we delve into sort of behind the screen and talk about how sort of her influence on the industry is pretty interesting, how she's kind of a bit of a pioneer for sort of colorblind casting and how she views the industry on that kind of ilk. What we do, and we're getting someone ready for a role and even getting people ready for auditions sometimes, and... She is the person that gets to see them and makes her mind up on whether or not they're the right fit for a job, which is something I'd never really considered before. So I I think this is a really great episode from a whole new perspective. Shall I introduce introduce Julie first? 
That would be helpful. Yeah, yeah. You just chirping. Everybody like, who the fuck is Julie Harkin? I <laughs> <laughs> haven't seen her in anything. You are our first. <laughs> yeah, isn't a famous actor meant to be on this podcast? You are our first ever non-acting guest. I mean, I feel very privileged. I mean, we very have privileged, to have you very special to be here to be asked. Well, without you, the actors wouldn't have a job. So, well, exactly. You're you're more important than them. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's just remind them all of that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. When, think, when they come they in the gym, that's what this is. It's an experiment, and we're just gonna use it as a way of just, just putting them all back in yeah. their place. Just say so you all owe your entire lives and careers to Julie Harkin, 100%. each and every one of you. Hundred percent. I mean, we we are really appreciative. So. <laughs> you should be <laughs> a fucking busy woman. <laughs> Very busy woman. I, that was another thing. I was like, fair play. Probably the busiest person we've ever had on this I podcast. Know. That's and for also, sure. You know, all these actors just have so much time. She's but also, yeah. she's going to look at my script as well. I've written, I've written a script. All right. What's yeah. your script about, David? Uh, we, we, I don't want to talk about it on air. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I'd like to welcome and introduce Julie Harkin, our guest for this week's episode. Whee! Hi. Award-winning casting director. Yes. And the, the reel includes <laughs> Misfits, includes Industry, Utopia, I May Destroy You. It goes on and on and on. She's been involved in everything. And thank you very much for coming. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. It's always fascinated me the role of a casting director. Because Why? Because it's like <laughs> you, you genuinely deciding with a, a brief who the people are that we're going to watch on telly. And all you get is a script, I'm guessing. Yes. And a sort of idea of what they're looking for. Yes. And you go out and it's your choice. Yes. I mean, it's not just my choice. It's like a collaboration. So we... Let me try and pick a show to use as an example. So when we did Misfits, it was a group of misfits. It was all young people doing community service for various crimes that they had committed. Everyone was like roughly between the ages of like 16 and 21. And we wanted to find fresh new faces. So we, me and my associate at the time, we spent... You know, Saturdays from 10 in the morning to 6 in the evening, every hour seeing maybe 60 kids in group workshops, improvising, chatting to them, sort of walking around the room, getting to know people and then pulling pulling people out of that and then bringing them into the next stage into the room and doing script work and then bringing them into the next stage and doing chemistry reads with other actors and then mixing and matching to try and find the group with the most chemistry. So it's, this is like a casting process I'm describing pre-pandemic. Yeah. Obviously, we've not been able to do anything like that in the past couple of years, but it, it, it's a very long, lengthy, detailed process to, to put together an ensemble of young people. I mean, an ensemble of older actors is, you know... Not done in the same way, yeah. for obvious reasons, but um, it's very creative. It, it often can sometimes be extremely stressful and complicated. And, you know, you do things for big streamers and studios and you've got a lot of people to please and a lot of opinions. And I always say to, say to folk, like, you know, if you were down in the, in the bar with your friends... All of you oh. wouldn't like the same actor. No, like yeah, five of you might be like, "Oh my oh, god, they're fucking yeah. incredible," <laughs> and there would be one asshole sat there going, "Oh my god, I can't stand them." That's my life. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so yeah. it's like trying to navigate through that without maybe swearing the way I just did, <laughs> but like trying to explain your process to people, explain to people why someone's right for the role and the alchemy of the whole thing and yeah, getting yeah, everyone yeah. on side and it's really really interesting like i don't think until i'd 
met you. I've never really considered That's like how much there is to it. Like there's a hell of a lot to it, and it can make or break a show, I guess, a lot of the time. Yeah. If the actors aren't good, the show's not good. Yeah. I, obviously, you need a great script and a great mm. director and great everything. You know, it's like a you know, there's a lot of elements that need to be right for the thing to work. But it's a lot of pressure, therefore, to really push the thing forward. And yeah. um, because you're on the phone to agents day in, day out, you're meeting people and and now you're also Zooming. Mm. So like your day is just nonstop talking to try and bring something together yeah, with, yeah, the, yeah. with the best available people in that moment to make it as successful as you possibly mm. can. So I think it's about it's about having the right energy and... And doing it in the most fair manner. Yeah. Because I think actors get treated quite badly yeah. in a lot of casting environments. And I've got like strict rules in place to make sure that that doesn't happen because it's got to be a human bad. being. Yeah. When you get the brief for a, for a job, yeah. do, do, are you aware of kind of the physical, I don't know what the word would be, like yeah, the constraints yeah. or the physical idea that they want someone to, to kind of portray? What we do and what you do, there is a, a quite a big overlap in yeah. terms of if, if it's how someone looks or mm. how they move, it's yeah. quite a big part of it. Is yeah. that something that you're made... Aware um, from the start or not? Well, do you know a good example is, uh, have you guys seen Pam and Tommy? Yeah. Like the transformation. I mean, Lily James is an absolutely it? stunningly beautiful woman who's always been incredibly slim and amazing. But like her transformation is insane to me. Yeah. You would get scripts and you'd read them and you would think of ideas and you would know that somebody may have to like adapt their physicality their body shape their weight whatever to suit the character mm -hmm. but we've had it in other ways where people have had to put on weight as much as yeah. they've had to lose weight but generally unless it's a reason like that example i would get them to take out character descriptions and script where women are ever described by their weight yeah i'm always ringing up mm -hmm. and going i'm not sending a not, script out yeah. where a girl is described as thin yeah. you know any of that and i do feel like as much as there is a huge requirement for people to be uh, worked out and get into shape for certain roles i think there's also a real need for body diversity on tv yeah. mm -hmm. that doesn't exist do you think that's happening like there's a shift now or is it something that still needs a lot of work i've never noticed the uk industry being overly toxic with it to be mm -hmm. perfectly honest it's more a US problem but I definitely feel like the more average looking I mean do you even fucking use the word average mm. what a terrible word but like an average shape or an average look of a girl like all of those young women graduating from drama schools when I was 19, 20 never got agents never got jobs we're discouraged and and I do think like like when I think about where the industry's at now and there there certainly is so much more diversity in, in body shape and, and appearance and, and I feel very positive and invigorated by that. And I certainly, you know, when we did I Made a Straw You, Michaela Cole was in my face about that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. She was like, We have got to represent women that look like women. Mm -hmm. Because like you you know, growing up in the 90s when I was a teenager Kate Moss was saying things like nothing tastes as good as thin feels and it was the heroin chic era you know everyone had like these hollow thighs and poker straight hair and you know and I was like this big busty girl from Ireland with this frizzy hair I mean the damage the mental damage like the world was at at that mm. time by promoting skinny and I feel like you guys promote healthy Absolutely. I was thinking like we and have spent a lot of time like literally 
and still, I guess it's like a trickle down of what you were saying that we yeah. still deal with a lot of our time explaining to people that health and how you feel is so much more important than than how you look, and that if you can get the how you feel and how you how your body works to be right, then the other stuff will happen. It's just so important not to make that the focal point. Yeah, don't want that to be it's your main goal. It's the obsession goal. over it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I've got younger women that work in my office and I feel really inspired by a really different mindset that I can, that I can you know, feel coming off them about how they feel about their bodies and how they feel about other, their, their peers' bodies. When we were teenagers, everyone was having like, like diet competitions. Mm. Girls would come to school and, and not eat lunch mm. because everyone was so yeah, desperately mad, trying to look really emaciated. Like yeah, the thinner yeah. you were, the, you know, the more yeah. clout you had. Yeah. So like to go back, um, you posted something on Instagram one day, David, about like saying it's about being healthy, yeah. relating to the casting work. You know, when I start jobs, when I start casting, I am always encouraging that everyone has the same attitude about the females that we're casting, even the guys, because mm. guys suffer from all this stuff as well, that we're never going to tell somebody that they need to lose weight for a part in terms of like looking good. Yeah. If you've been told to lose weight, what is the reason in the script? Why? What is the character trait that is the reason for telling us to lose weight? If not, we're not going to do it. If you're playing a heroin addict, we get gonna it. have to lose weight. Yeah. But we've had a notable shift in, or I've noticed a notable shift in the stuff that I'm being given. It's not like six pack super fit girls anymore that's like that's not the rhetoric it's not like t selling tickets because we need a nice poster it's like oh no this person is a so-and-so so therefore they have to look like this like i've got mm. i've trained people that are playing refugees people that are playing yeah. like olympic swimmers people that are playing hitmen and need to be like bulky and strong but also have kind of lost their way and are alcoholics so i have to actually put on fat and have to look bloated like we actually train for that as well there's God, ways you can i didn't know that yeah, yeah we just go to the pub and have 10 pints <laughs> no no but there, but there's perks of the job but there is like yeah <laughs> ways you can look like that type of person without doing it in an unhealthy way the glossy magazines that you're talking about in the yeah. 90s yeah it was people bowling out of clubs pissed yeah it was super skinny people looking like they haven't ate, eaten for ages and those same people 30 years later as in this the equivalent person is now releasing like fitness yeah apps and releasing like talking about their fitness regime in in women's health magazine and that is so it's like cool to be healthy now whereas it never used to well, be it's cool all to be trends healthy. isn't yeah. it and, and it, now it's i certainly notice that what as well with like when we're casting young people they they don't drink like they don't we smoke did. they don't drink <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and i'm like what are you up to at the weekend? It's like, oh, I'm going down the gym or I got to make a poke bowl. Or, and I'm like, you're not going out and get an absolute rat arsed? Uh, because that's what I did yeah, yeah, my yeah. entire, yeah. you know, and I'm just like, isn't that so refreshing that it's not, it's not the done thing anymore to like fuck yourself up yeah. and smoke loads of fags, mm -hmm. all that stuff. Like it's, it's not cool anymore. No, it's not cool anymore. And, and, and rightly so, it, it never was cool. Josh, what do you reckon people should do if they're a fan of this podcast? Oh, um, I think they should like it, share it, and subscribe to it. Well done. That's great. Yeah, I like that. Another thing that's, like, changed a lot, I think, is just the general diversity in casting. Like, roles where you would think traditionally it would have just been a colour thing or a gender thing or whatever. Is that something that you feel sort of... I don't know if responsible is the right word, or is it more that the whole industry in general like there isn't 
oh God, I don't know if I could claim responsibility. Not, not responsibility. But no, no, yeah, no. Yeah. But it was certainly diversity in terms of ethnicity is something that I, I mean, it's been my calling in life mm. to change casting of, of, of actors of color. Mm-hmm. You know, and it started with Misfits. It had not become something where it was a, a requirement back then. Whereas now everybody is super sensitive for obvious reasons and everybody works really hard to make sure that there's some fairness and equality. I don't, you know, I'm not making myself out to be some sort of savior of increasing diversity in casting, but it was always something that yeah. was an issue for me that there that the majority of the shows that I were watching were full of white people. Mm. I grew up in Northern Ireland and I wanted to be an actress when I was a kid and I never heard my accent on TV. I think the first time I saw anyone with a Northern Irish accent on TV was when it was the actor that played Jim in Coronation Street. And I remember saying to my dad, is that my accent? Because I didn't know, because you don't really? hear your own accent when you're a kid. Yeah, yeah. So like, I felt really frustrated as a teenager, like growing up in Derry, like, the troubles was on and it was still rife at that time. I mean, and I just, I was just like, where are the opportunities for me? And why, why am I not represented? And it was always something in my head about not being represented. And then... I went to drama school, came down to London to work in casting, and I was like, fucking hell. Like, imagine you're black or you're Asian. I feel underrepresented as an Irish person because of my accent. How do people from all these backgrounds feel that they cannot see themselves? I felt so passionate about that from the moment I started working on my own. You know, like, I'll fight with people over it if I have to. You still have to have those kind of conversations. Um... No, yes, sometimes, unfortunately, yes. Uh Reluctantly and sadly so, yes. Mm -hmm. There's an older generation that still hasn't not caught up. The idea that it's like it causes offence to someone. Oh, don't. It's 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 insane, isn't it? It is mad. I imagine it was quite, not maybe demoralising or whatever, when you first started trying to broach that topic and were you just told no because that's the way it has to be no it wasn't that I mean like nobody would ever you know even if they thought no they wouldn't have the balls to say no but it was more like but that's not the character Mm. it's like what but what what are you what what does it matter yeah yeah yeah. just who can do the best job and yeah but but now you know certainly now our black actors our Asian actors are certainly now reading scripts and and saying like I feel like you've shoehorned my ethnicity into this character because you had a script written, written by a white person and it's all white story it's all white background and someone's gone okay so we'll meet that person that person that person yeah. the the black and Asian characters in the show with no thought to the backstory and no thought to you know sending it to an, like a black actor and, and expecting them to make sense of it yeah. and understand how to play the role now there's so much work that needs done there I suppose that's also giving the leg up to writers from that from other backgrounds as well it's the whole industry George until you you get a writer from that background they're not gonna you're never fully gonna get a comprehensive script or comprehensive story of a person from that background as well so totally it's the drama schools it's all the teachers at the drama schools I mean I haven't been in a I mean like I haven't been in a drama school since pre-pandemic so I hope I'm not speaking out of turn if there changes have been made that I'm not aware of but like I've noticed, like the staffing and drama schools are just predominantly white. Mm-hmm. The casting director community is predominantly white. Yep. You know, it's the work is needing to be done in all jobs uh, in the industry for it to ever get to a fair place. So it's it's a way off 
But I believe there are enough good people doing enough good things that, yeah. that the change is in motion. It yeah. just could do with speeding up a bit. You have cast some of our clients. Yes. Almost all of them, I reckon. Um, I'd say the vast majority of people that come into the gym. No, no, I'm scared you're going to ask me who I cast no, and no, which no, shows. No, 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 no. And, um, and, and, and that is a quiz. Shows. It's just a yeah. quiz. We're and then I'll be up. like, I don't fucking remember. <laughs> yeah, but, no, but, um, I can try. Yeah, yeah. Well, a few, a, a fair few of them have sort of said that you were there early on in their careers. No. Um, including, I remember training to uh, Joe Dempsey, who was on our podcast, and... Daniel Kaluuya, I was training them at the same time and you were training on Zoom with one of our other trainers and I told them that you were on the Zoom call and they went, fuck, Julie's in there. So they ran in and basically boycotted your whole Zoom. I know, and I yeah. was fucking mortified. <laughs> I was on the ground on my hands and knees doing the cat-cow stretch with my arse stuck in the air. <laughs> the and Daniel, Daniel was like... Hi, Julie. And I was like, oh, oh, hello, Daniel. Hello. Um, Daniel, um, an agent friend of mine, Connor McGahan, had phoned me one day and said, I've seen this kid and or I've met this kid and I there's something about him. Mm. And he was like, and he wants me to take him on. And I was like, well, take him on. And he's mm. like, I don't know if he can act. I said, send him in to me. Mm. So I gave Daniel some scenes to work on and me and him sat down and we worked through the scenes and I put him on tape and I was like, fuck, this guy's really fucking good. And so this isn't even casting for something. This is just no. Connor, Connor, Daniel's agent, ringing this, you up and going, can you just have five minutes or you yeah, you offering yeah. to give him... That's so we, we worked in the scenes together and I recorded and sent the best takes to Connor with a little note. And I think uh, it was so long ago, it might have been on video cassette, <laughs> VHS cassette. <laughs> and uh, I sent it to Connor with a wee note. It was like, you got to take this guy on. He did. Mm. And then we did the, um, a show called The Fades that was written by Jack yes. Thorne. And Which that was Joe a Dempsey role was that in. was not written for as a black character. Mm. Oh, there was two white boys in those two lead roles. Mm. People were like, "Oh, you, oh, you, you've, you've got Daniel down on your list," and I was like, "He's the best young mm. kid around," mm. and he was astonishingly brilliant in that show. Mm -hmm. The show won a BAFTA mm -hmm. for best and show, then got cut. and then got cut. Yeah. Well done, BBC. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, that's my Daniel story. You couldn't be more proud of what I mean. Like, what an amazing guy and everything he's achieved. Mm. I mean, he's a legend. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I freaking love Joe Dempsey as well. I mean, they're both doing so well, despite giving you that anecdote. I do, I'm generally not somebody that ever likes to claim oh, no, responsibility no. over no, no. someone's success because, you know, it goes back to his mum. Mm. Do you feel, like, you must, you feel so like proud it's about yeah, it's the whole thing? Uh, enormously so. Yeah. Enormously so. And it sort of makes the whole damn sweat of the job worthwhile uh -huh. when you see. I mean, I mean, I cried when Daniel won his mm. Oscar. So I'm like, oh, I'd, I mean, like, look at, look at him go. Yeah. You know, absolutely. and it's like, it's beautiful. And, 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 you know, there's so many actors now, because I'm now so damn old, <laughs> that I knew when they were 16, 17, 18, that are now huge. It's gorgeous to, to have been anything to do with anyone's journey. Um, and really, I really feel really privileged, actually. I guess that kind of fuels you to, to work, to really. And 24 to keep, seven. And yeah. to keep, like you're saying, <laughs> to kind of put the hours in and to be getting up at whatever time and speaking but to we, America when you get home. Like you, it, has, yeah. it gives you a bit of fire for like keep the passion for the job and everything. Super yeah, important. and to deal with the, you know, there's like a lot of like toxic kind of 
I mean, I'll, I'll throw it out there. There's a bit of a bullying, toxic culture in the in the film and TV in this mm -hmm. industry, and it's very hard to, to kind of navigate through sometimes, mm. hence the need to have a breakout to do a workout. And um, yes, so exactly what you're saying, David, th those moments do make it worthwhile. We, I mean, we get a similar thing. It's like you work on a small project with an actor, they end up doing bigger and bigger projects and you see them and you've taught them certain things that they then take on to all of their work. Like I never want to keep a client forever. Yeah. I never want to have to train them every time they do a film. That's not how we do it. That's not how we work. We want to teach people. How, and so to see people go on and do bigger and better things yeah. and move past sort of needing you there as a crutch for them in regards to their training or their health or whatever, and they're just living their healthy life. That's We feel the same kind of pride when we do that. Yeah. It's great. It, and that's what keeps us doing well, it's, it's the crazy hours, waking up before everyone else, going to bed after everyone else. It's helping people, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm going to take a big pivot. Um, oh, my God. I'm going to talk now about your year last year where yes. you were nominated for a primetime Emmy. <laughs> I was. Woo! Which is a big deal. Yeah, I mean, yeah. What was that like? I just want to know what it's like. Well, I what he's mean, asking is, is it similar to being asked to come on this podcast? Is which that the one same do you rank Guys, this is honestly, yeah. um, I do apologize to the, the Emmys, um, but this is way more fun. No, totally. I mean, like, it's tricky, right? Because, I mean, I've got a little boy. Yeah. I don't like leaving him. No, yeah. And there's this such a side to that whole red carpet glitz and glamour and celebrity world yeah. in LA that is exciting but then you go when you're in it five minutes and you're like oh, it gives a fuck it's horrible. you know it's it's um but the good thing about it was we were nominated for i may destroy you hbo were extremely generous and sent me and my older brother to la business class and put us up in this really posh hotel and i got to hang out with my big bro for five mm. days nice. and we went trekking up on the hollywood sign and you know and that was the best bit of it to be honest the actual ceremony they had no booze. The face on me when I asked the guy <laughs> where the bar was, and he was like, "Sorry, ma'am. Why was that? that? Was that there's no thing? bar because of COVID." And I was like, oh, "What do you mean? What do you mean? There's no bar? This I'm here my... for two and a half hours. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm nervous." The week later, there was the other because there's the craft awards and then the primetime awards, and mm. then the week later we were at the primetime because Michaela was nominated for best writer and and uh, the show was nominated for best show and all that kind of stuff and there was an after party me Michaela and papa yeah, yeah. friend was, of the show papa, friend of the show papa friend of mine love the guy <laughs> We all went to yeah, the after. Dave will fight you for his for his affection. Oh, I mean, he's the he's best. My, he's my mate. All right. He's fucking great, right? <laughs> and so we went to the HBO after party and met the Amazing. weekend because I am such a nana. I went, hi, weekend. <laughs> and the director of the show's son, who was with the director of the show, whispered in my ear, it's the weekend. But would you, would the you weekend. even... Hi, seems, weekend. It seems the wrong thing to go, hi, the weekend. Yeah. I know. I, well, exactly, David. That's what I thought. But uh, I, uh, shout out to the weekend. He is a really nice guy. I'm sure he's listening. Um, I mean, <laughs> he would be a fool not to be. So that was all really fun. That's just... A small thing in yeah. the, you know. And it, not why you do it. No, God, no. no. It, it is just, what it is. Yeah. Um, it means a lot and kind of mm. nothing at all at exactly the same time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. We haven't seen each other for ages other than on, on a screen because Julie's yeah. been working out on, um, on Zoom yeah. with a trusty sidekick, Ray. Ray yeah. Hendry, shout out to Ray. Hi, Ray. 
How, um, have, how have you found working out at the office? Because we do talk about training and not just... We have to, we have um, to kind of bring it all well, back around again. Well, we've been working out in the studio room, which is the room that we created to addition actors in, and then we haven't had an actor in the door since because something called COVID happened. We've got loads of space. We've got the equipment there. It works really well. But I just have to say, after coming into the gym today in person, I am fucked because <laughs> um, you can't hide behind a computer screen we walk up when one David's flight right in front of you in the flesh one flight of stairs to get to this room and Julie had to take a little pit stop <laughs> <laughs> fucking legs are wobbling no it's it's better being in the gym in person yeah. but I mean when you couldn't do that the zoom it's, zoom is a, a totally and a I um run a company i've got uh, a seven-year-old son and a needy husband <laughs> jokes <laughs> but like you know it's overwhelming the day my day sometimes so to be able to just come out of the the room where we work in and just walk into the studio and do a workout it's like a, a godsend to to have that facility on hand otherwise you know what london's like it takes you an hour to travel anywhere mm -hmm. so it's probably helped you be like way more consistent with with exercise isn't it i guess because it's just you yeah, just, like saying, you just walk across the studio and you're, and you're yeah, because right I I need someone focused on me, telling me what to do. Otherwise, I just wouldn't do it. Mm. Well, from what my experience is, the two of you, yourself and Ray, just sort of dance around to '90s club bangers. What we've left doing. to your own devices. That seems to be what happens. <laughs> <laughs> we do. And even though even though they work together every day and probably talk constantly about. They still manage to like get stuck in gossipy conversations I while mean, you're trying to tell them what to do. But we've been friends since we were 18 when we went to drama school together in Scotland. So there's just a different dynamic to the to the relationship. So it's like when you're in the room and you're being really serious and you're doing all your serious work shit, and then you go into the room to do the work, the other room to do the workout, and it's like, <laughs> hi friend. It's like a healthy pub. <laughs> it's kind of like hi. us. Yeah. It's like the three yeah. the three of us met 100%. at uni and have ended up starting a company and working well, together. Well, exactly. And in that respect it shows how relaxing exercise is yeah. even when you're sweating your tits off you're still like chilled because yeah, yeah. you're like out of the work mode that was something you talked about earlier how the the kind of pressure of your job if you've got big studios like like netflix for mm. example and that you're tasked with finding the right people to be in a show and if the show's sort of penciled in to be something quite big do you find like exercise and working on your own self to be quite a useful tool in terms of regulating that oh completely i mean it's the stress when you're in charge so you're basically a hod you're the head of department when you're a casting director so you're ultimately you're in charge of all the actors the pressure that comes from you know the big streamers mm. nowadays and and a lot of the productions we do are co-pros between the uk and the us so like I've gone through a whole day in the UK and then America wakes up and then the phones start going and it's just like this cycle of intensity that just doesn't seem to end. Yeah. It's the, the, the grind, your mental state suffers enormously when you're constantly on call and you're like, I'm not a fucking doctor. Why am I on call 24-7 yeah, yeah, yeah. for this job? But it's just the reality of it and, and it's the way the industry's evolved there's so much content getting made now and so being able to step out of that and just have an hour on your own and do some practice some self-care which is what working out is really mm -hmm. isn't it yeah yeah is a necessity it, it is it's just uh an overwhelming position to mm. be in 
it's not a healthy way to exist. I don't think so a lot of a lot of yeah. the film and TV industry isn't a healthy way to no. exist. And then it doesn't matter if you're like the camera operator or casting director or if you're like the star of the show. It's all just like the timings for stuff is mad. Like they start filming at whatever time in the morning and it just seems to be the whole thing is just kind of mm. crazy. We get dropped in that sometimes. Like yeah, yeah. Talking about being a HOD on a job. Like I've had it in the past where yeah. you kind of have to oversee and it's your problem if the person isn't your in the best shape yeah. they're supposed to be. It's not you're yeah. in charge of yeah, all of them. Yeah, you're in charge if you're the answerable person. Yeah. Hey guys, it's Embarrassing Stories time. We've always got some good stories from our guests. We'd love to hear yours though. Go onto our Instagram, Before the Lights UK, drop us a DM with your most embarrassing gym story and we'd love to read them, have a laugh with you. <laughs> Listen to the embarrassing stories. Da da da. I like it. Da da da. No? There we go. That's that done. <laughs> we like to know your most embarrassing story related to the gym related to exercise it could be related to none of those things it might be if you injured yourself and it was a funny thing i mean we didn't i prompt think you i just to told you my most embarrassing one on all fours doing the I mean, cat cow with yeah. my ass cocked in the air and daniel clue sticks his head in the camera to say hi to me i mean that's one. pretty mortifying it's a pretty good one. um I, I think that's it, though. Yeah. No, that was that was pretty good. I'm sorry that I, I basically caused that embarrassing moment oh, as well. I'm pol- I know, but, but also that. it was so nice to see exactly. him. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, even that's, that's all even I in that position that I was in. That's all I thought is how nice how, how nice it would be for you to see some friendly faces. That's yeah. the thing with, with exercise and being in the gym. With all, it's almost like a disarming thing. Like, because so many different people come into our gym, whether it's on Zoom, obviously, yeah. or in person, that, like, you'd have, like, a studio head or an actor or two people that have worked on a job together, and it's, like, it almost takes away any any part of it being awkward or embarrassing because there is no other opportunity. Yeah, there's like, definitely... You're in there, you're in your shorts, you're doing a cat-cow. Yeah. Just go, everyone's got to go yeah. with it. Um, <laughs> there right. is definitely, like, a lot of me, like, if I've got a client in... And then I've got someone in coming after that they might know. I'm always like, do you know so-and-so? Yeah. they're about to walk in. So Just if you don't to warn know them, you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or if like, you may have met them but don't really remember, this is their name. You can pretend you remember meeting them kind of thing. And it's, yeah, there's a lot of that, mean, that, 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 that is... Has that ever happened? Has someone no, come in I've for like another... No, I've only ever bumped into Stephen Campbell Murr in, your, yeah. uh, in the gym. Did you cast him in anything? Uh, two things. One I forgot, which of course, but the other one, he plays one of the lead characters in War of the Worlds. He does, Which yes. is this big show that we did with Daisy Ecker-Jones yes. from Normal People and Gabriel Byrne. And, that was, knows and that was a, a co-production with France, wasn't it? Yes. Not the whole not Canal whole Plus. Yeah, the whole Canal. Whole Canal, Canal. Canal Plus. And it was Urban Myths with the producers here. And then I think it goes. I think you can get it on Disney Plus now. Is it? It's add really it, fucking good, actually. No, it's list. really good. You should watch it if you're into anything to do with aliens. Mm. It's it's fabulous, fabulous, yes. fabulous. That was another thing I was going to ask: is are there any things that you're involved with at the moment that you can tell us are like that are coming up that you think would be worth watching, or is that yes. stuff you're not allowed to talk about? Well, I can tell you the things that have been announced. So, I am doing a huge. Netflix film that my one of my really best friends Tom Harper has di- is directing, starring Gal Gadot and Jamie Dornan. Amazing, it's a big action action movie, which I think is going to be incredible. And we are in the middle of casting 
No, we're not in the middle of casting. We've cast it. We're finishing the casting. Steve Knight, who wrote Peaky Blinders' adaptation of Charles Dickens' Great Expectations, starring Olivia Coleman, wow. Finn Whitehead, Wowie. Matt Berry. Wow, Amazing. Very excited about that. The whole team behind that have been an absolute joy to work with. And we we just loved it. And I'm, I'm really buzzing about that. And we've got a show that's still shooting at the minute that Jay Blakeson has written and directed. And Jay did I Care A Lot with Rosamund Pike. And that's about like a, a heist that goes wrong. And that's got Gemma Arterton, Eddie Izzard, Kirby Hoyle Baptiste, Neve Algar on it. Those are the things I can tell you about because they've all been announced. And I better shut up before I do say something no, yeah. that I'm not allowed yeah. to talk anything, about. That just highlights how busy you are. Yeah. And the fact that you've taken time out of your day to sit here, it makes me even more grateful. <laughs> well, that's because I'm a really nice person, David. Yeah, you know? yeah that is Just it. like helping the needy. Just helping the needy. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to hear from all the guests in the series. Honestly, it's a really nice insight into the what, other you, side. what you do. Yeah. The Something other side. you never... Yeah. You never get to hear about it Also, as well. like the Super direct correlation between you yeah. are causing or helping cast people. You're the fixer, basically, of casting people. I am the people. Fixer. Yeah. fixer. Keep sending the them to other, us. That's the, what he's getting The, the other thing I us. would say, which is really important, which I don't think people realise, I have five people that work for me. It ain't just me. No, no, of course. You know, and and I and I do think I do often think I need to change the name of that bloody company from Julie Harkin Casting to something more group based mm. because it's like the role of the casting director years ago was like you you were in like your one one woman show for all the reasons I've described during this whole podcast about like expansion and streamers and, and the industry getting so big and wide and varied. You need a big team of people mm. to help you cast and do all the searching properly and mm. and they and they're like they don't get any credit because it's your name on the door yeah. and I'm just like I gotta get that gotta change that yeah, well, that was, yeah. so, that was something it, we thought when we set up our company it's like I you can't, can't like there are com- there are training people facilities that are just a name yes and everyone that that goes to that name only knows that name and then no one else gets any credit so we were always like no the whole point is yeah it's, it's before the lights it's us four now it's it's the cold group it's a method yeah. rather than a an individual and maybe it's maybe it's the Harkin method. The Harkin method. The Har- Holy shit! <laughs> it's like the Wim Hof method, That's the Julie yeah. Harkin yeah. method. That's, Although I mean, no one's getting in a bloody freezing ice bath I mean, in the Julie Harkin method. <laughs> I yeah, and 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 I just think that the, the all the associates and the assistants, like my Nathan, Yvonne, Alicia, Ray, like they all they need they need to be brought yeah, forward yeah. and given more credit and become more noticeable of. The face of the company because like all all the casting director companies out there now that work at the level that we're at like they do multiple shows and there's lots of staff and it's a company it's mm. not it's not just um it's not just the julie harkin show for sure also thank them for doing all the work while you're sat here talking exactly about <laughs> yeah that's that's the best place to wrap it up I think, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. oh that was yeah, really yeah. fun again thank you very very much and now you can go back and listen to all the other episodes thank you <laughs> yeah. all right thank <laughs> you Thanks, <Julia. laughs> cheers Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.